Hello and welcome to the Artist Exchange Radio Show here live only on BeExposedRadio.com. I am temporarily temporarily back in my cave mode. Um, I've been uh, doing a grant today. I've been working on jewelry today. Um, I have a, a pet project that I've been wanting to get out for a minute now and I'm getting to work on it. It is a new podcast that um, reviews movies that connects our cultural, our historical, and our social uh, lives to movies and television. It's you know, a, a nice conversation between myself and the young man, George Oliver. Uh, and it's just something that I've been wanting to do. And I'm trying to step out on things that I want to do more now and not waste time and waiting for things to open back up. Uh, so that will be actually premiering on uh oh my god the third tuesday election day um so uh stay tuned for that you can go to the page it is uh what is wrong with me today my mind is just blank um it is binge worthy podcast and um it we're just going to test out a, a pilot season of it and just see how it works and you know you may see it on big exposed you may see it you know i don't know I don't know where it's going to go from this point, but I just want to just do something different. I felt like I've been kind of pigeonholed into um, uh, certain things that I do on a regular basis. And I just want to grow a little bit and just explore and just, you know, get my juices uh, <laughs> flowing, my creative juices flowing. I've been working on jewelry. I haven't really been doing that. I've been selling jewelry and promoting it, but I haven't really been making jewelry. So I got into that over the weekend. Um, and yeah, I'm not waiting on people to help me and support me and just doing it on myself. And that's not a complaint before people start messaging me because they know they ain't did what they were supposed to do, but it's more so a, um, just me making a declaration to move myself forward, um, uh, and just get myself back in a space of creatively flowing. And I've been working, but just doing stuff for me. I'm doing a lot for others, but now it's time for me to bring that, that, uh, creative energy back to me. So I'm, I'll be back and I'm kind of fixing up the other room right now. So that's why I'm today. I'm back here. Uh, but probably by Monday or no later than next Friday, I'll be back, um, in the other room. And then it ain't gonna look that much different, but I have some more art on the wall, some more, um, so better lighting and such like that. But so uh, just getting into it. Uh, first of all, election day is honor. Are you have you voted yet? Have you sent in your ballot? Have you early voted? Are you waiting to Tuesday to go? Because I think some people are waiting for Tuesday because they expect for the lines to be shorter. But I think more people are going to come out for election day than ever before. We have seen record breaking numbers um, across the country in early voting. People standing in line for hours on on hours waiting um, to vote. Um, but I think um, I, I'm very sure that Biden is going to win in our uh, general election. And um, here in Baltimore, now local elections around the country, I want us to make sure we're paying attention to that as well. So if you haven't voted yet, um, the, the post office is saying if you have a mail in ballot, please don't send it through the mail. Um, uh, try to, uh, look up the mailing, uh, drop off the, uh, the ballot drop off locations and make sure it's a legitimate, uh, box, um, wherever your voters, 
uh, uh, voting board is, your election board office is in your city. Uh, they all have a box outside of their office. Ours is right uh, across from the city hall. So you see the box there and that's where I drop mines off at. Um, because I, you know, I was unsure about the post office and then it was announcement made um, uh, from the post office saying if you have not mailed it in already, do not wait until now. So either go vote early or destroy your ballot, go vote in the early election uh, on an early voting or wait until Tuesday and vote. So you still have some other options. You can still send in your, your ballot. You just have to drop it off at one of the voting um locations i would suggest go to the election office um and drop it off in their box you don't have to go inside there's a box outside and you can do it and there are other places around the city that you can go as well but please vote please get out get your voice heard do not listen to these republicans and these naysayers these african-american naysayers that are telling you your vote does not count because it does our uh, our voice is uh heard in our election because they wouldn't be trying to suppress us so much or or pander to us if our votes did not mean anything um so yeah that has been said uh you see uh on uh the screen you'll see i think it's over to the right you'll see um the vashti blue jewelry uh, advertisement. If you want to advertise your business with us, Big Expose has not closed throughout this pandemic. We've gone virtual um, and we'll be this way until things change with the pandemic. But we are still open for new shows, new show ideas. You can bring your show here and we're definitely open to advertising. So if you're looking for a great place to advertise your business, please come on over to the BX. Booze BXR hot BXR, uh, and uh, let us help you advertise your business, get your business seen. Um, we have some um, awesome packages that we uh, we can help you with, and I personally help you if you need help even getting to that point. If you're not ready to actually physically advertise that, we can help you kind of get your, your EPK together and your branding and marketing together as well. So definitely hit us up. Info at BigExposedRadio.com, or you can message me directly at the Artist Exchange Radio Show at gmail.com. Uh, either way, I'll respond to you. So let's get it done. Let's get it done. Um, we have some information, some just some news topics that I wanted to talk about today. Monday, uh, I'm working on getting Miss Christina here, and she is the homeless authority in the city. Uh, in Baltimore City and beyond because she goes other places. She's just coming back from Nigeria. So I'm trying, working on getting her on here so we can talk more about our local election and what's going on and some things that are happening. Uh, we have a growing uh, number of homeless individuals that are kind of stagnant throughout this uh, pandemic and they've just been shuffled around from place to place and they're, they're definitely being ignored. And she is the top one authority on all things homeless and uh, advocates in the homeless community. Um, so I want to bring her on and kind of talk to her about some things she's been doing abroad as well as things she's been doing here on a local front. Uh, so with that being said, I want to jump right into um, one of my favorite shows, The Braxton Family Values, will be joining us, well, is, is about to premiere. Uh, and I don't know when it's coming on. Maybe I should have looked that up. But it will be premiering. We got a sneak peek to it. But um, next Thursday, Thursday. Oh, next Thursday. Hmm. 
Okay. Uh, but um, on on topic with that, more so, I, I I was very interested in the in Tamar Braxton specifically because it just seems like she every time she tries to get back up, something pushes her down. And I, in my opinion, it's her. Um, as somebody who has really worked on or initiated the working on of myself throughout this pandemic, um, sometimes you can point so many fingers. Uh, but every time you point a finger, there's three of them buddies pointing back at you. And what is your responsibility in the things that happen to you in life? And how can we um, uh, how can we take advantage of uh, the resources that are afforded to us? And in Tamar's uh, situation, I don't know her personally. I'm not trying to debate what her problems are, but I'm I'm strictly saying I see a lot of self, uh, self, um, destruction going on and you can blame your family. You can blame the production company. Um, you can even bring, blame the men that you are, are, are dating and married to, but, um, ultimately you have the biggest hand and the biggest say in what happens to you. And I feel like uh, me and Moni were talking briefly before we started the show today. And I really feel like, um, she's, she's on that blame wagon. Um, and she really needs to look at herself. What have you done? You know, we see her. Um, uh, she just was on the Tamron Hall show on Thursday. And it seems that um, she's still not taking it. I didn't hear one time her take responsibility. Um, and it was almost like a half an hour conversation between the two of them. It probably was longer. Um, and Tamron Hall had been saying she had been talking to her for weeks since uh, she first wanted to jump back out there. Um, and she finally got on a show and she was actually Tamara Hall's first in-studio guest since the pandemic started. And, uh, Tamron, um, remarked that she wanted that to happen. She wanted that one-on-one, one for ratings, uh, and two for, um, uh, because the issue of suicide was brought up. Um, if you don't know, Tamar Braxton attempted suicide uh, a few months ago, and it has unfolded in the media uh, because her her once her ex boyfriend um, uh, made a call to uh, the police department, which. Uh, the call got out and he was leaking information within the poll. Like your, what happens to you at work has no bearing on you. I mean, it it probably affected her, but in calling the police, like it was information being put out, which led people to believe that the call was staged and her uh, Tamar and her uh, husband, a boyfriend, David uh, staged the call. And that created a whole media whirlwind of, you know, of her not being real about, uh, committing suicide and was this a fake attempt? Um, and I just, I, I think she's connected to uh, Fantasia. Uh, I know Fantasia's friends with uh, uh, Candy and all of them, and I think she's connected to that group too. And I think she should, she would be good to reach out to Fantasia and figure out how Fantasia got through her her uh, bout of depression, which ended in her trying to commit suicide as well to get her through this. And, and all, uh, it's great to go to a therapist, but sometimes if you talk to somebody who's actually been through what you're going through, it will um, kind of help you get back 
on it. And Fantasia and her are phenomenal singers and performers, and they're always in the media. And Fantasia was always in the media for something bad um, or something negative um, that overshadowed her talent. Um, and I think uh, she would do great to uh, speak to Fantasia and probably sit down. And I wonder if Fantasia's already reached out to her or not. Um, but I don't think she needs to do this circuit of um, rebuilding her career as of yet until she gets um, back on her feet. It's unfortunate that these things keep happening to our Black celebrities, and there's no rhyme or reason to uh, why they don't get the proper help. Or um, when you feel yourself... Well, I'm going to speak from me. Like It is easy to... Uh, try to just brush over things and keep it moving, especially when you're doing it for yourself. Um, but she has a family that is is seemingly supportive of her. And I believe if she goes to them and said, hey, I just need a break. Can I stay with one of you guys till I get myself together? Um, I, I know her and Tony probably have a relationship where she could probably hide out there for a while and get herself back together. But she keeps trying to jump back into it. And what was interesting to me was watching her show, uh, this latest reality show that she attempted. I don't see how different it was from her show with her ex-husband Vince um, and her trying to assert her her bossiness, her talented, her talent, and and recreating herself and singling herself out. It seemed like it was the same show to me. Um, it seemed even more devastating because once again, it was another man in her life that was, uh, as Marnie said, was overshadowing her um, her talent um, and kind of speaking for her and and kind of changing. But this show, it was a little bit interesting because she had this young lady named Goldie that was, an, um, I guess, in essence, a dream interpreter. Um, and she was trying to help, Fan- I said Fantasia, she was trying to help Tamar kind of get to her her higher self as an artist, not even, I don't think as a, as a woman or individual, I think she was trying to get her back balance in her career. And that's what she was hired to do. And it was just interesting how her boy, her ex-boyfriend kind of interceded in that and kind of complicated the issue and didn't allow her to really um, discover herself and it was it looked like work was starting to happen and uh, in six episodes you watch David become this I don't really want to be on camera to um it's been said that he had more camera time than she did um and especially in the confessional uh parts that he was doing it just seemed um it seemed like he was using her and I hate to say it because he's Nigerian and and um it disappeared that um, he just was using her. And I don't know whether it was for money or advertising his businesses or him his services, but it just feel, it felt like um, she was being used. Um, and then, you know, the other thing, there was a gentleman, and I don't know what his role was in her camp. Maybe he, I think he worked for Mona Scott. Um, um, but I don't know if he worked for Mona Scott or the production company or just Tamar, but this was the same gentleman that was the booking agent for Leandra Johnson. And now you see him again 
in this reality show. And I noticed that um, towards the end of the of the six, it, it only did six episodes because Tamar backed out of it. Uh, but I just noticed that same guy that was there. And I remember him being there uh, for the Iyanla Fix My Life uh, with Leandra Johnson. And it, it just makes me question who does she have around her? Um, and I couldn't tell who was there for production purposes or who were, was a part of her team, her personal team, um, or the, well, we didn't, I only saw like a snippet of Breast and Family Values preview. Um, so I don't know if, what his job is, but I, I know he was not healthy for Leandria and he was in it for, the attention and the the paycheck of it all. Are you and telling about the, her, the white guy? He's like a heavy set black guy. Oh, okay. But he was if you watch that Iyanla Fix My Life, he was the one who Iyanla said was one of her enablers. And mm-hmm. uh he was trying to keep her moving. Are you talking about the one her... that made goalie put on that coat, that pink coat? Yeah, him. Yeah. He works he works with Mona Scott actually. Okay. Oh so <laughs> He's in this world now because he, mm. he was a booking agent for Leandra Johnson. Yeah, so he works for so, that production company, whatever it is. Oh, but he he's somebody who I wouldn't want around me. Like, I, I've just seen how he worked with Leandra, and I'm not judging him. He needs a job, but mm, when he made her put that coat on, that was enough for me. So she didn't look like a witch. And I, I don't know. But it yes. just... It, yes. But, yeah. Exactly. So they just put a, a big jacket on her and took her hat off her so she didn't come across as a witch to David. And that just seemed, uh, it seemed a little cheesy to me. I would have been was, completely insulted. I mean, but she went along with, that was the weird, and even Tamar was like, why would you put on, why do you have my coat on? Yeah, and you could tell she was totally against it and she was uncomfortable. That's why she was like, I'm going to quit. I think I'm going to yeah. quit. And then, I felt bad for her because David and his family Made her look really stupid, right? Especially when um, he talked to, when um, David was talking to his brother, and he mm-hmm. actually said, I, "I think she's a witch." Yeah, but at that point they weren't. But th- at that point, that was David talking to them about it mm-hmm. because the show wasn't even on at that point for them that had seen her. Mm-hmm. So David was talking to her and giving them verbiage in terms of her being a witch and evil and and he seemed evil talking about it like you came across as evil like you didn't look like you had the best intentions so you talking about somebody but i think the problem was and i don't i can't say if vince was like that too but it just seemed like anybody that comes in and matches his his influence over Tamar, he was like totally because he didn't have any problem with anybody else, but it was this goalie person. My uh, thing about Vince was I didn't think he wanted he didn't want a superstar wife. He wanted a housewife. Yeah, he wanted just a, a trophy wife. Mm-hmm. He didn't want he didn't want her to be a superstar. He didn't want her to mm-hmm. have a career. He wanted a he housewife. probably was happy with her just being Tony's backup singer, mm-hmm. which is what you but saw. She still in got season to do one. with. That's exactly what you saw in season one of Tony um, of um, Breaks and Family Values when. She kept mm-hmm. begging him, I want to get started. What, what about my career? But 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 at that point, he was Tony's manager. So that was the, uh, I think, 
the more Tamar began to want to break out on her own. That's yeah, what made Tony back away. He really wasn't Tony. Tony was represented by his company, but he wasn't mm. directly Tony's manager. Mm. That's how it was represented in the show, though. Right. But he was yeah, but he wasn't. Yeah. Carrie so actually was doing more of the manager's duties. Who? Her ex-husband, Tony's ex-husband. Oh. oh okay. She was represented by Vince's company. Yeah. He was more okay. on Gaga. Yeah, but I think once Tamar wanted to be more because remember up front, she right. she pushed back some. Because you remember Tony was mad about that because he's like, You're always with Gaga. What about me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then Gaga dumped him. I think that was just the excuse Tony gave. And then Gaga dumped him. I think they all dumped him. Because <laughs> he was supposed to be um he was supposed to be SWV's manager mm-hmm. and they dumped him mm-hmm. right after the the bankruptcy scandal happened. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how he's doing, but it was interesting that David felt so threatened by Vince also because he kept saying, because it was confusing to me if David and Tamar had separate homes or they lived in the same house. But I think they had separate homes. It was just like, was he paying for that home or was he helping to pay for it? Or, But he just felt, he kept saying, I don't want him in my home. And I think that was like, you know, you wasn't even able to like, let's sit down with Vince and talk to him because that he has a child. It's not like he just comes around and hangs out with Tamar. Um, but it just feels like anybody who wants authority over Tamar is, is kind of a, has been a threat to him. So I'm, I, I want to watch this season, but only because they're from Maryland. I, I try to, you know, hold on to him, but I don't want to watch any more of the show if it's just going to be a downfall. You don't want to watch yeah, the downfall. I don't. like Because they just seem like, you know, the exact opposite of like the Kardashians. I didn't want drama every time. Mm-hmm. I love the first season. But now you with... see why Tony took the stance she took with the show. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll come in as appearances and, right. and, you know, be a part of your scenes, but it won't mm-hmm. be about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and she's held tight to that. Mm-hmm. Like she's, I think she's done a great job of holding tight to that. Right, because the only thing she's ever talked about is how her and Carrie's relationship at this moment, basically. Yeah, that he'll come by sometimes. We might have, you know. But that was even that was only in the beginning. Like, yeah, but she felt uncomfortable doing that. Table. That yeah. was like the 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 least of it. And they and then she didn't even say anything about it. She was playing mm-hmm. to what they were saying because they was like, you know, when she made the song up. Tamar was saying, right, and it, it's just it's it's and I and I have family members like that. I'm not gonna say what their relationship to me is, mm-hmm. but I have family members like that who they'll talk about everybody else's stuff mm-hmm. and keep their stuff so tight. And I think that's the problem that Tamar's family had with her that we can see on from the TV. Like you can't expose and taunt and tease mm-hmm. our issues and then hold yours so tight. And that's because what, yeah, I think I, most I of them have gotten Tony, some type she, of healing. The only thing she wanted to ever talk about was uh, it was the lupus. You know, if she was under the weather yeah. or if she was going to a foundation or she had a performance, it right. was always in relation to lupus. Her well, cause. that's because she became a spokesperson. That's what I mean. No, it was always son, about her cause. Her it was always yeah. about her cause. That yeah. and um, her son. And what's the uh, yeah? What did he have? What did he have? Uh, he has um. 
autism. Autism, yeah. Autism. So yeah, that was those are her two, and I liked how she maintained that. But if the rest of them would have done that, it would have still been interesting if it was just about their bonding as sisters. Mm-hmm. But then it got into that the real part of it where Tamar was at the center of all the confrontation. But, and she but, had a, but then when you look at the, the background of the show, it really wasn't that negative because everything always mm-hmm. started off with the conflict. But it always yeah. ended with them trying to resolve it, which is see, life. I, I think what they brought up over the years, though, of them doing it, I think it's been eight years now yeah. of them doing this. It's it's what happens is, and I think many of the shows said they said, well, they go through whatever they go through and try to and resolve then, it in the end, right? But see, the the thing is, all those other people aren't related. Right, so but even with the her and, and Tracy thing, they even tried it with that. So it was the conflict in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. It, it, well, it it actually went over a couple seasons because it started with that incident with them in the kitchen and Tracy was getting ready to hit her. Yeah. And she pulled back, you know, was like, right, I'm just going to leave. But see, they, they represent, like, Tracy is, like, my family going to hate me. Tracy is, like, my aunt, my aunt. That's because um, she still live here. She still got to deal with us. <laughs> she is like she like my aunt Barbara and my aunt Kathy. Tamar is like my um my aunt Val. And then uh what's the dark skin? Um Tawanda is like my aunt Kathy. Like it, they they just represent my aunts to me. And it's it's so it's funny, but it's just um it, it, they just feel like Baltimore, like you know these women, but it's just, it's crazy how they how it's changed. But I think the fact that because they are real blood sisters, they go through these things publicly and don't resolve them when the cameras go away. I think that's what, the, and that's that's a that's a black family for you, you know. And in in public, we good, you know. We put on a mask often, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then we don't really solve the problem. So the problem begins to follow us and it uh, it's going to get worse if it doesn't get better. Exactly. Uh, and then, you know, they try to come back the next season and do this. And I still hate you because we never talked about that last problem. And then I think Tracy, I feel for Tracy because Tracy represents, Tracy really represents her hometown because uh, she didn't, in her mind, she hasn't made it. And I don't think she's, I think she's trying music. I don't think music is for her. You know, I, I think she could have been the activist sister. I think she could have been, you know, that sister that, you know, kind of talks about family. And, you know, she's been, and she said it on the, the snippet, if you caught the snippet, she's been married to one person this whole time. She has one child. And that's, you know, now she's a grandmother. Like, so she had the normal life. And I think she should just play up her normal life. And I think people would find her interesting because she's a little quirky, a little, you know, out there. But I don't think she should be trying to make it because she sung at some um, event I went to. And I was like, Mm-mm. not even that she missed her calling. Like, they all have a, a, a the same tone that you can tell their sisters. But maybe singing not for you. Maybe, you know, or maybe she should go to gospel. Like, you can't sing songs like 
Tony and Tamar can sing him. I, look at the other sister, Trina. Trina said, "Fuck that! I'm going to get me a business. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not doing this." And she's not in entertainment anymore. But she's created a storyline for herself that was around her family and her businesses. And and even Tawanda's doing the same thing. She's becoming this mogul, this business owner, and she's building a relationship with with somebody. But uh, Tracy, she just got to find her niche. I just I wish him the best. I don't want to talk about him, but it was just that uh, the idea of um, suicide. I, it, it made me perk up because I'm, I've been looking more into mental health and um, ways to um, ways to talk about it. And I don't think she's. I think she just tried something because that's just the Hollywood thing to do. Let me just end it all. But. Um, yeah, so Tamar. <laughs> That's interesting. But I have some other um some other stories that I wanted to talk about because I'm tired of talking about celebrities and money. Oop. They were demonetizers. Um let me um get them out. I wanted to present some more stories. Um <laughs> Atlanta's mayor established a uh, $4.6 million trust fund to keep longtime residents in their homes. Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms has established a program that will provide $4.6 million to prevent longtime Atlanta residents from being displaced by cities rapidly rising, by the city's rapidly rising property values. For years, builders have been buying up property in poor neighborhoods on the city's west side and building luxury downtown uh, developments. Um, And that's mainly in our downtown area because it's very expensive to stay within downtown Atlanta and within Atlanta. That's why most people live out in the Bankheads and the Duluths and such like that because it's much cheaper and you get more value for your money. Um, uh, Raising property that exists existing residents can't afford according to the announcement made late monday bottoms anti-displacement program would authorize the use of the first installment of the gulch home housing trust fund to help offset rising property taxes for so-called legacy atlanta residents making sure legacy residents can afford to stay in their homes is one of our administration's top priority priorities, said Mayor Bottoms. Uh, this anti-displacement program will provide financial relief to homeowners who are on the verge of being priced out of their homes. The Gulch, uh, the Gulch Trust Fund was created as part of, of a deal to develop about 40 acres in downtown near the State Farm Arena, home to the Atlanta Hawks basketball team. So I hope more cities will adopt this um, instead of trying to build, simply try to build affordable homes or do the thing that they've been doing where a percentage of homes or apartments that are built have to be designated to certain people. But I think we would keep more of our residents within our city limits if they were, they were, there was some type of support system that would help them to become home buyers and actual home buying programs, not just get your credit up, get a better job. Those things are very important, but often sometimes they need that, um, that financial boost, uh, cause you have to come up with that deposit, you know, uh, to even 
be looked at to buy a home or, you know, your credit is very important. It's probably the most important. And then come second, your job. But you often have to have a nice sum of money saved up if your credit isn't AAAA1. Um, but um, shout out to Miss Bottoms for supporting her, for supporting her, um, uh, her local people. Uh, Tyler Perry is in the news. He is now, um, he was first uh, in an article mentioned, um, basically saying if people don't like his writing, if they think it's not good, then that's not his audience. But he quickly, uh, <laughs> uh, quickly recanted that. And now he's thinking about um, starting uh, to open up his writing room. Um, and I think he, he had writers in the beginning, but they probably wanted to steer him away from certain, um, uh, 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 from basically him writing everything and probably not, and kind of watering down his ideas or changing his ideas. So I get that side of it. And then on top of that, um, he was um, definitely uh, in battles with a lot of the equity union companies, um, like the equity companies that, that uh, are out there for unions that that represent uh, actors and the stage tech and such. Um, but he he was often not, not none of his movies were nominated one because most of them were not equity backed productions. His TV shows or his movies, and that became a problem because most of the actors were in it weren't have not we haven't seen any of those actors be nominated because of their appearance and then even this last movie that he's made um it has so many glitches in it um that it wouldn't even been placed he wouldn't even been in the ranking of a nomination for that because of so all the mistakes that he that were kind of saw that we saw in it uh but uh tyler perry says you are not my audience tyler perry has seen much success from his film and stage plays this year thanks to his work in Hollywood, the filmmaker ultimately landed himself a spot among some of the industry's most notable billionaires. Recently, Perry, Perry revealed that many of those projects, if not all, were exclusively exclusively written by him. Now, he, I, I, I've tried to watch some of like the have and have nots, and I think it is what is the other one is called Sisters, and then the Oval. Like some of these. It, he's putting out too much. And if he's the only writer for all of these shows, it's not good. It's, it's not. And even in a perfect scenario, if all he had to do was sit in a room and write all day, that's all he did with his life. It's not good. You know, Shonda Rhimes is just a, a writer. And then she still has a support team of writers with her, but she's the, she's the one in charge. But she's doing multiple shows that, you know, that were on TV at the same time. But again, that was her job was to be the writer. That's it. You know, that was that was her ultimate job. And she, I think she was producer on some of them, but she wasn't acting in them. She wasn't acting in multiple roles in them. You know, she wasn't doing a, a stage play tour with movies, with TV shows. You know, and and I understood him going for the money, and that's how I became a billionaire because he did everything in house, and he created a niche for himself that um, allowed him to be able to, you know, become a billionaire and afford this new high tech 
uh, theater, I mean, uh, production studio that he has um, kind of a, you know, the biggest that has been built thus far. Um, and I, I get that. But at this point, you should say, okay, you know what? I think I've milked my audience enough and it's time for me to step up the quality of my work. And I need to bring in other writers that understand my vision. This, you know, you, you audition people. They can't, you know, write something and put you into a contract if you don't want it. Like you, you simply bring on people who get your vision, but can clearly deliver the quality that is needed with your work. If he, his, the spectacle of his productions, whether it be theater, whether it be stage, whether it be film, whether it be TV, the 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 um, the production value is phenomenal. From where he started from, like his stages are are Broadway um, quality staging, you know, with the sets and such. Um, because I remember he used to do those fake bids that you could tell wasn't bids, like, but it stepped up so much, even with his films and his TV shows. But it's now time to get that writing, uh, that writing and casting. Um, I think he's, I think he's gotten the idea with casting because you can't just, you can't keep hiring people because they can sing because that doesn't mean they can act. You can't keep hiring people because they're pretty because that doesn't mean that they can act. Um, and I think he's starting to get that, but he's still making some of those sad mistakes. Some of his, uh, was it have and have nots? Is Marty, is have and have nots? Is that the soap opera one? Where, um, I can't even remember the lady. Name. Yes. So even with that, it's, it's still off to me. Like, I think the writing and the direction, because he steps in as a director, I think he has now directors. Uh, come in, but it's probably the same directors who have been with him forever. But the directing, because I've watched a couple episodes, and it's just the timing of it, not even comparing it to other um, soap operas, but um, that show, I think the timing of it is off in terms of the pacing of it, and I think it's at the wrong time. If you're going to... I always thought that show should be on in the daytime, when other soap operas are on, um, I don't know why he makes it a night. He made it a a primetime show, but I think it should be on in the daytime, um, where it competes with the other um, the other uh, uh, daytime soap shows. Operas. But I think um, it was, it's more, I think it's more so because of the content. But look at the content on a regular soap opera. But no, it's this season actually has been really good. Not, mm-hmm. not, no, I still give you the, the, the same things that you just said mm-hmm. need to still be done. <laughs> but the, the content of the show this year, this season has been like really good. Um, so you don't think it should but be the production in the value still needs to be upgraded. Yeah. Um, it's not a lot of it, it is was more episodes. If it was a daily show, I would agree mm-hmm. with you. Yes, it needs to be during the day. Yeah. But it's a, it's a once a week show. So, what do you do? Oh, that? that's what it is. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I, for some reason, I thought it came on every day. No, I wish it did, but yeah, they don't have the Because if I, that. you know what, even if it did come on every day, I would think just the pacing of it will be different because he mm-hmm. tries to squeeze everything into it. And and that's why. Because it's yeah. not a daily show. It's, they got to put as much information in for their 13 episodes yeah. that they get every six months. 
and he should start with that one. I re- I really think he should start with mm-hmm. with that one because all the rest of them are once a week because they're sitcoms. But I think that one, if he made it an everyday show, you would get, the storyline would be more elongated and it would wouldn't feel like he's trying to end a scenario and then and it's like an hour long show. It's an hour long, yes. Yeah, I I really think it should be done, but I think ultimately the writing. And casting and direction are what he needs to work on now. You can't direct everything. You can't be in everything. And I'm glad he's not in Heaven Have Not. <laughs> I'm so glad he's not in it. Has he ever did like a guest appearance in it? No. Mm-mm. Yeah. I yeah. I, I just think that. Um, I think that it it. If he, I think writing will be first. If he made it into an everyday soap opera. And put it in the morning time. Mm-hmm. And then I think I've seen it a couple of times. I don't know if the acting is horrible um, because he has some really strong actors that are Broadway actors. Not, uh, not the, yeah. n- well, no, like you said, not them, not the people that got tenure. Mm-hmm. But every time he gets a new actor, it takes a while for them to acclimate. Because it's still, because he's trying to do a soap opera once a mm-hmm. week. Which means it's probably just you can't you have to kind of get yourself into the story. Like sometimes on a soap opera, from what I remember from it, when there's a new character, like it's a big scene, but they give the them time to like unfold their yeah. story. And it's not you can't like sum up somebody's a new fake mm-hmm. story in one hour. Like this season, like, they introduced a new gay character. Oh, and he's like um, very popular. He's actually an escort and all that kind of stuff. But he's um, he's a gay character that's ex-military. Mm. So you, um, I don't know how far he's going too much. long in 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 the show. But you know, the guy that raped, that was um, the officer that arrested Jeffrey that ended up sexually assaulting him and then mm. fell in love with him. He um, this gay escort he ends up calling him to come over, right? So mm-hmm. in the past season, um, the, the assaulting officer, his brother has now entered the scene too. And his brother mm-hmm. doesn't like the fact that he's been being gay and beats him up because of it. Oh, wow. So in this episode, the esco- he calls his escort over to his apartment because he wanted to get it in. And his brother ends up showing up, right? Mm-hmm. And his brother, it was like, who is this? And da, 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 back and forth, back and forth. And ends up saying he's getting ready to beat up the, the new gay guy. Mm-hmm. The new gay guy handles him. Oh, Beats the brother down to the ground. Because he's ex-military, so he's strained. <laughs> yeah, but but did you learn all that in one episode? That was in, all in one episode. That was See, all that's in one too episode. much. That's too much. <laughs> Already, that's too much. Because normally... You find out certain things about that character when another scenario on the show. Yeah, but it it fit because he swung at him and he blocked him. And what he said was, well, I'm ex-military, so this is not basically not going to go down like this and beats him up. Yeah, but you shouldn't have have revealed that so soon, like your first episode. Mm -hmm. That wasn't his first episode. The first episode was his first episode. He was in the pool in Veronica's pool getting basically shot at. Veronica was shooting oh, at him. Okay. <laughs> Get your gay ass out my pool, basically like that. <laughs> now is that that's not the black that's Jeffrey's lady's mother, son. the crazy one. 
Okay, yeah, I like her. That's, now she is she's a Broadway caliber actor, and you can Correct. tell she's good. Her timing is good, but you can't sprinkle those actors in on actors who aren't as good. It Benia, doesn't look right. Benia says some people just won't see your vision. That's a word, sir. Talking to you. But I mean, and that's fine. It's it's great, but just know that the quality of your work will never be recognized in the spaces that you want it to be recognized in. People will always watch it. People will always have something to say about it. But ultimately, he needs help. I think he would be, if he could be a billionaire off of this, imagine if he stepped up his casting, if he stepped it up, stepped up his writing and production. Well, the production, I think, is great because the scenery is awesome. The spectacle, which you see, is awesome. But it's just the writing and the casting and the directing. You can direct some bad actors to give you awesome performances. But if you your director isn't up to par and some the majority of your actors are, you know, they're good at what they do. But in ensemble pieces like this, you have to have strength across the board. And maybe a couple weak spots that, but those strong actors will strengthen that. But that's that, you know, I'm not, you know, hating on him. I'm just saying he been needed a writer and he's been, he made his money because he didn't have to pay all those royalties to unions and to actual directors. That's how he's been able to accumulate a billion dollars because he hasn't had other writers. And he's been able to cast, you know, actors that will settle for a couple dollars less because they just want this opportunity. So, you know, I'm not hating. I'm just, you know, I'm not hating Bonilla, you know. Well, in other news, unfortunately, one of my favorite shows, Miss Iyanla, Fixed My Life. Uh, she did an interview and she said, this is my last season this is my legacy season. I'm out. We out 2020. Uh, Van Zet said, um, said during a virtual news conference about the own series, um, uh, which actually was the first time she reported on it or spoke out on it. The spiritual life coach made the announcement while speaking to reporters about the show's upcom- upcoming seventh uh, season, which premieres this uh, coming weekend. The source with ties to the production confirmed to the Urban Hollywood uh, 411 on Thursday that the show is ending, but added there will still be another season of new episodes airing in 2021, which are currently filming. Um, and uh, Iyanla spoke out on her um, her Instagram as well, but for the past six seasons, Van Zandt has helped people on the show address personal and family issues. Seven, season seven will premiere with an explosive two-hour special featuring loving Miami star Shay Johnson. Ugh. Why? Why? Why two hours? Why two hours for that? Trying to improve her relationship with her family, comedian and actress Lunell will also appear on the new uh, the new season. Okay, I want to see this. Is Lunell going to be spilling some dirt on herself? The series is produced by uh, Boonin and Murray Productions with Gil Gochin, Julia Peasy, and Erica Ross. So, everyone has executive I don't need to say their names because nobody knows who they are. 
but I'm I'm a, I'm a miss this show. I actually really like this show. I love Iyana Fix My Life, and she's been a she's been consistent throughout this pandemic. Um, it's the state of emergency uh, quarantine episodes on her um, on her platform, her website, as well as I think it appeared on OWN as well. But she's been really consistent throughout all this. Really, uh, the first part of this, she did like a six or seven week uh, series uh, where she was coming on every day um, and really dropping some really, I mean, she basically gave us like an intro um, one-on-one lesson to becoming a, um, to becoming a life coach. And it really kind of influenced me. It got me through the beginning of this because it was really she would do episodes and it'd be like an hour long episode. So I'm a, I'm a really missing it. So I guess this season is starting and then there's going to be one more season after this. I think, I don't, I don't know. It seemed like Oprah is unloading a lot of her shows and adding in some, some questionable, questionable shows. She has another show called put a ring on it. And it's basically this, a, um, uh another reality show format where they bring in these guests and it's a little bit like celebrity uh celebrity boot camp uh love boot camp or some relationship boot camp or something like that that they have one i think that's vh1 or something uh but it's it's very similar to that but it's more it's better lighting and all that so i don't know what oprah's strategy is but they're getting rid of certain shows and bringing back certain shows and i wonder has it been the backlash that this show has been getting from not even the public but more so just the people that were on it that i guess her help didn't uh help um but she's had some really good shows on there i like when she do the celebrity shows i think one of my favorite shows was the leandra johnson one um she really um it was it was crazy because normally the person who needs the help is the last person to acknowledge it. But for Leandra Johnson, she showed us how money hungry and um, uh, selfish uh, many of the people that surround the celebrities are. Iyanla uh, helped her to and us to see that Leandra Johnson was the only one that wanted to help, that wanted to stick in there with the help, and. Um, it was everybody around her that was kind of prompting Leandra to, yeah, you don't need to talk to her. And then unfortunately the, it wasn't a fix my life episode. I realized it was a Braxton family value episode that they brought Iyanla on. So it was not the fact. And I think that's probably what the, what the probably breakdown was because normally people have to come to her, but this time she came to another reality show and tried to do what she does on her show, which probably um, a lot of the restrictions that the people coming on would normally have, the Braxton Family Values did not have those because she was in their space. So that's probably why it didn't work out as well. It probably would have worked much better if they would have come on to her show. But that being said, that was those two episodes are my favorite. But she's had a lot of non celebrities. Oh, and the third one was the Pay Sisters. That was um, mm, if you have family issues, especially sibling issues, I would say watch the Pace episodes. And unfortunately, since that episode has aired, there the mother, the patriarch of that family, has passed away. But if you don't know who the Pace Sisters is, they are a large family unit, a group of sisters 
that are gospel singers. They are phenomenal singers and all some type of tragedy or a trauma that's happened in their life. And that episode was phenomenal. But Yana Fix My Life, uh, I'm not going to say I missed it yet because we still got two full uh, seasons of it, but uh, it's going to be missed. People will realize how much they needed it. A lot of people... Um, they kind of disrespect the Iyanla because they don't know. Many of us don't respect authority. And many of us still to this day don't get the therapy that is necessary. So we're now really, when that show first came on, we wasn't really embracing therapy the way we are in 2020 and beyond. Um, a lot of people like, um, what's um, uh, the young lady name? Ah, why am I forgetting stuff today? My mind is gone. Um, Taraji P. Henson, um, she has a foundation that she's working with now. And they actually gave out, they did two cycles of therapy. And you got five sessions of therapy. The first one, she said they got uh, maybe 99% women who who uh, uh, signed up. And then they did a second cycle simply looking for men. And it booked up within a um, week. So all you did was when you signed up, they sent you the information and you were given five sessions to kind of experience the, uh, I was about to say theater, uh, therapy. Um, and it was, for me, it was, um, it was my second time attempting therapy. But I think this time, one, the format was different because they were virtual meetings. Um, Oh, you could have did it by phone as well, but um, um, it. I didn't feel pressured to um, to explain myself the way I did the first time, and I didn't feel like the person was judging me. And it was a man uh, this time. The first time it was a black woman, and uh, this time it was a black man. So I think that may have been the difference, also. Um, but therapy, you have to shop around. And it seems very robotical to, to say that, but with therapy, you should shop around. Um, for me, it's very important that the person who I'm speaking with has a faith um, so they understand everything isn't always about the brain um, or science. Um, and there's faith as well. And that's, that's just important to me. Some people, that's not important to them. But it's, I don't care your race or anything, but, um, uh, well, I, I think that plays a factor, uh, too. So I will be interested to, to try therapy on another space where, um, it's somebody outside of my race and how that would feel. But, um, I remember turning down, um, therapy once because the lady did, she said, uh, well, she came out and told me that she, did not believe in God. And I didn't, I could not have somebody tapping into my, the crevices of my mind or my thoughts. And they didn't have, um, uh, faith that it didn't have to match mine, but it had to be in the same direction. And I'm okay with, I have friends who don't believe in God or maybe and not agnostic or atheist. And I, and I'm fine. I, you know, I, commune with people like that all the time. But in, in terms of somebody picking my brain and being in that space with me, I need somebody who has the same faith. It, it just, it just for me, uh, in that sacred space is more so, um, of a, 
uh, integrity issue for me. Um, but uh, it was sad to hear that uh, Miss E was not returning after 2021. So I, I believe 2020, 2021 season will be just stuff that they're probably taping right now, as this article um, uh, stated. I'm gonna miss uh, Miss Iyanla, but she's probably gonna do. I, I hope Oprah keeps her on and just gives her a new platform or a new um, show. I, I would love to see her do her talk show again. Like she, I remember she did her talk show with Barbara Walters, um, but she complained that that show format tried to water her down um, because it was white led. It, it really watered her down. So I was happy to see her back with Oprah. But I want to, you know, hopefully Oprah or her speaks out more because in that article interview, she didn't really say why it wasn't it wasn't going to return or why it was being canceled. Um, I guess maybe she feel like she's done what she could do or um, it's, she has another project coming out. I, I can't wait to see what it is, though. Um, I'm trying to do some different things and deliver you some stories and such. Because um, I've, I've just been a little um, bombarded with um, how um, this pandemic has been. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just trying some different things. Um, it was a story that I was uh, reading the other day and the Saved by the Bell, um, show is coming back for a reboot, but, um, they had decided to the Lark, uh, I never knew how to say her name, Lark Verez. Uh, the Lisa Turtle character. Voorhees. Um, Voorhees. Voorhees. Uh, Voorhees. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lark Voorhees. She, she ain't wrote me no check, so I ain't really know. But I always mess up her name. But the Lisa Turtle character, um, she had been going through some really tough mental health struggles. Um, and she did an interview on, I was I want to say that was Dr. Oz. She did an interview on Dr. Oz. And I also believe she did one on Dr. Phil, but I, I know she did one on Dr. Oz and you could see, well, what we saw on that show was uh, a more improved uh, Lark. And she had been for years suffering with some, some trauma that she had experienced in her, her late twenties. And she was never really direct on what happened when I saw her on that interview. But for a couple years prior to that, we would see her in the tabloids and on blogs and such where people would catch her out in public and she would have her makeup done. Like her, her foundation was way lighter than her complexion and her hair was disheveled and she just looked out of sorts. Um, and then we learned that she was going through some mental health struggles and it became something that was fodder for the news. And she got a lot of uh, ridicule in the, the newspaper and media outlets because what was wrong so when she, by the time she did the interview we learned that we hadn't really seen her in anything um consistently because her mental health was definitely a problem um and she was on a on a better regimen of her medication i believe she was um she had a multiple personality disorder she had uh bipolar um, and it was something else that they say it was like a, a rare mental disorder that she was also suffering from. Um, but she was saying she was 
she was on a better regimen with her medication and it was helping her to kind of be more stable so she can do more runs of a TV show when she did appearances. Um, but she was saying because of her illness, she was unable to do series, like to be a series regular because from day to day she could be a different person or in a different mood. It was more so affecting her mood swings. And her mom actually joined her on the show and was kind of confirming a lot of this information and really giving us a, a, a another perspective of what was going on with her. And since then, we really haven't heard much from her, but when they decided to do the Saved by the Bell uh, revival series, um, it reveals that um, first, some interviews were saying that they wanted to bring her on, but they were unsure as to how they could bring her on because of her mental illness. And I wrote, I've read an article also that was banning her from the set. And I hated that because that's the last thing that she needed, but cause you can figure out a way to, um, to figure some other, you know, options out, like bring her back maybe once a season or, you know, for special moments. And, you know, I know that would take more attention or having a producer follow her to see when she's on her upswing. Uh, but it's possible because for them doing, um, what was his name? Fox. I forgot his first name. When he got, uh, he came down with multiple sclerosis and he was, he had really bad ticks. Um, and they figured out a way to how to bring him on and add his illness into the storyline. And I know sometimes mental disorders can be a lot different than a physical ailment, um, but they could figure something out, get her some help. You know, she was the only black person on that series. Uh, but, you know, in looking at the new flyer for their I'm talking um, about Michael J. Fox. Michael J. Fox, that was his name. He Remember, he he did a whole series, but he had like this tick the whole time. Yeah, he has Parkinson's. But they, yeah, Parkinson disease. But they made a they made an exception for him, and they made a way for him. But in this case, they they was just totally no. We're not going to bring her back. You know, there's been some articles now coming out after I guess the backlash of it, or after it didn't come across too well in the media that they're now thinking about how they can help her, but they should have did that to begin with. Um, but, uh, we'll see what happens, but I hope she definitely, um, gets some help because not all the castmates are coming back. Um, I guess the screech character, I think he's in jail actually. Um, and then, um, the main, the main exact, the character Zach, I think he, isn't going to be a serious regular series regular, but he's going to come in. He's supposed to be like the mayor of Bayside now. And I think it's one of his children. Governor, goes governor to of California. Governor of California. Um, so, you know, I didn't read the whole article because I, I stopped that. <laughs> I stopped that them saying Lisa Turtle quick come back, but they have two other black characters on there. So I wonder if one of them are supposed to be her child or, or what, but um but I, I just hope they just do her well. Is is a I think it's a moment as we're in a space where we're talking about a lot of mental health and trying to help people, you know, break through and get through. I, I would hope that they would find a way to kind of bring her in on the storyline. And like you said, um, well, as I brought up Michael J. Fox, they brought in his ailment. And there have been a lot of other people who they've done the same thing to who had real life issues and they brought that in and made that a part of that person's storyline. So I hope that they uh, do Miss Lark some justice and, um, and just sharing her life. Um, 
We got a couple minutes left. Let me bring this one in first. Um, the 85, uh, 85 South show uh, team, and that um, is made up of three performers from um, Wild and Out, um, and that is DC Young Fly, uh, Carlos Miller, and Chico Bean. They make up the comedy uh, group um, 85, the 85 South show. They refuse to join the new Wild and Out if uh, Nick Cannon is not a part of it. And that's a big deal, especially in, in entertainment, for Black artists to have that level of integrity and not choose to go for the bag. Um, and they are continuing with the show, um, which is weird because uh, we know that Nick Cannon started the show, but they're going to continue on with the brand because I guess Nick Cannon sold the show to them. Um, initially sold the show to them and didn't, I think the issue was he did not have the, he did not get the name registered in the beginning as he should. So he brought something to a network without having all the proper things taken care of in the beginning. Um, so this, these three young men have vowed not to rejoin the cast. Uh, if Nick Cannon isn't a part of the show anymore, uh, we haven't heard anything from, um, any of the other regulars on that show, but these three young men have um, said that they are not joining in. The 85 South Show crew is riding with Nick Cannon and made it clear during their interview with the Breakfast Breakfast Club. Um, as I said, DC Young Fly, Carlos Miller, and Chico Bing said they are not returning to the long-running hip-hop improv show without Cannon. I hope that there is some beacon of hope to where uh, it could come back and um, and actually be revived, uh, Tico Bing says, uh, but he and his other two castmates are refusing to actually join the show and be a part of the show um, if and when they bring the show back. Um, but that's, that's still big, and I, I appreciate that level of integrity from artists of their caliber because they are still young, and most times, many people, if that show, when that show comes back, and I'm I'm sure it's going to come back, there it's going to be a lot of the regulars that were on the show before, uh, because some people are more interested in the bag than they are in their integrity. Um, I'm a, I'm trying to avoid anything about Trump, but I I don't want to talk about him. Just go up and get your vote on and and vote get him out of office. He's already gotten in this Supreme Court justice. And then right after that, Mitch McConnell and his um, his dead hand has um, shut down the Senate until the 9th of November. And I feel like um, they got what they wanted. Now she's going to help them to um, tear down this Obama um, bill. And I'm hoping we can hold off until this holds off until election day Tuesday and we get our new president and uh, Mr. Biden and Ms. Kamala uh, Harris and um, their, their deeds won't be done. It's a lot of things going on being said in the news right now where he's creating a lot of executive orders that will basically put us at a space where we were when Bush first left. And it's going to take us years to kind of re do all the damage and executive orders that um, that he has uh, put.
put into place and the damage that he has done to this country so far. Um, and I'm trying to figure out how they're going to um, restructure the Supreme Court um, if and when um, Biden does win. They've been being asked for a long time now. Will they stack uh, or uh, stack the 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 Supreme Court by adding more justices to the seat? And I hope that they do because we can't afford to have this woman on as Supreme Court justice and with all the things that she represents and doesn't represent. Um, I don't like when that type of power gets into office or into a place onto a seat of power because. It doesn't. It doesn't help anybody. Her, some of her, the things that she is for is just detrimental to this this country. And for Trump to bring her in is definitely ugly. Uh, I think I got time for one more story. Um, which one will I tell? Uh, Wayne Brady. Wayne Brady has a daughter with his ex-wife. Wayne Brady reveals catching adult men being inappropriate with his teenage daughter on social media, now demanding companies do more to protect children. I don't know really what uh, companies could do, like like a Facebook or you can't, unless you police the whole system or make it difficult, um, but I, I really don't know what could be done. While being a parent already has so many challenges, like the pandemic, like you know, this toxic uh, pol- uh, political system we're in right now. Um, being a parent of a teen during this age of social media can be especially uh, harrowing. As the platform struggles to deal with fake news, censoring, and more, uh, one and more, one problem that has gone under the radar is the people who use it to take advantage of children teens more specifically. After Wayne Brady has had it as a parent and is speaking out, while celebrities uh, while celebrities and their offsprings dealing with, with the public is a well-known discourse, one that hasn't been talked about a lot is when their own children who are already under the spotlight of the public eye are put in extra danger because of their parents' Even stars like Mariah Carey have dealt with this issue. Mariah Carey and Nick Cannon uh, lets uh, let their children use TikTok, and and her trust and their trust might not have been displaced. As young uh, uh, Moroccan Cannon, at nine years old, seems to be able to take care of himself just fine, he recently shut down some comments and demanded some respect. Uh, child or not, uh, Rocky is as his as he's called posted a picture of a comment that someone felt they needed to post on his behalf please stop asking him personal questions as his mother will have no choice but to shut down his account rocky then let his followers know that he doesn't need anyone to speak on his behalf or his mother's first of all i don't know who you are and you don't need to worry about me he continued second of all my mom will not do that uh so please don't do that and i'm i like actually answering comments and replying to them and my life is not your business no offense i'm just saying i think that was a little off um uh, because again, he's only nine years old. So I think parents need to be more involved 
in the the daily uh, uh, consumption that their children are on these um, social sites. And sites like TikTok has gotten very um, adult driven. Um, again, like one of the things that I, I, I had started using as a, a means to post like uh, my flyers for upcoming shows or products that I'm, I'm promoting. But ultimately that platform like Twitter now has become a little outlandish, you know, on Twitter, you know, if you like the wrong person, then you'll get stuff that they're following in your newsfeed. And there are a lot of only fan um, individuals that are now promoting on Twitter, like tons of them. Um, and it, it, it becomes less about social media. And I'm always worried about how children are affected by this. And a lot of them are growing up way too fast because of these um, uh, sites. But I don't believe in blaming Facebook or blaming Twitter or TikTok or, or Snapchat because of what the actions of someone else. And I think it should be just harsher penalties being done and more like uh, certain conversations. So, but if we do that, if we put more restrictions on it, then we'll have them spying on us in our messenger as they probably already are, but will it be more, you know, overt them following us in our messenger or, you know, in our cans, we're already concerned with these things, but just imagine if they actually crack down on people who are doing this, it's going to make it really hard for the the rest of us. So I, I really would say as parents, if your children are on social media, you need to really monitor the conversations that they're having. Um, I know Facebook has a messenger, a child messenger uh, with it. I, I don't know if it's Twitter, I'm, I'm Facebook or Instagram, but I think it's Facebook. They have a child, a children's messenger that you can connect to yours. So I think if they have their own phone, their messenger can be connected to you. So you see the private messages that they're having. Um, I know some parents who children have blocked them on social media. Like I, I would never let my child block me or you would not have a device to use. But, and, and, and we know as children, when our parents didn't let us do something, what did we do? We wouldn't go use our friends, you know, um, whatever device that they had that we couldn't use at home. We would just go over a cousin's house or a friend's house and use theirs. Um, but we really must monitor and just open the conversation up so children feel a part of the conversation and you're not just demanding that they do something and you have no real, um, they have no real involvement in the decision. And uh, it's just giving children a little bit more responsibility in the matter versus just making a decision and just saying, because I said so. Because children, we obviously know, obviously know um, being a teacher, I, I see children every day and I know they're doing stuff that their parents don't know that they're doing. Um, and many times the parent is too overwhelmed and too overworked. And I know right now to now be the police of social media adds another job to your title, but that's the responsibility you took when you laid down and you had that child. So I think we need to stop putting so much pressure on these platforms and because it's, it's, and, and I'm not saying that just because, just because um, it's being, it's, it's being um, harder on us as adults, but because as a business owner, it our navigation of social media has been made more difficult because of the actions of Trump and people who support Trump. So now, you know, it, it's as parents, 
monitor your child's social media usage. There's so many restrictions now that you can put on social media where, you know, they have a time limit. Uh, it's really a lot of monitoring systems now that you can use now. Say on YouTube, it tells you, you know, you can set an alarm and it puts it to sleep. It turns it off and gives you a warning uh, when you've been on it for a certain amount of time. But just be more aware. We can't keep having all these restrictions in our media. If, um, you know, we can't, we can't keep having all the restrictions in media if uh, just because a parent doesn't feel like it's their job to monitor that child on social media. But I'm just saying, um, just monitor, do a better job, um, and let's share the responsibility. You know, um, often like when my little cousins were on social, started getting on social media, I was that, that responsible adult that was saying, no, get that profanity off that page or no, that picture is inappropriate or that conversation or breaking up arguments that they may be having. Sometimes you just got to do your part. Um, and families have to now step in and, and be that person. And that, that could be annoying to the child. It may strain your relationship with a child, but I would rather my relationship with my niece um, or one of my little cousins be strained than for somebody to abduct them or, you know, bully them or, you know, worse, you know, lure them into a, a trap and kill them or rape them or harm them of some sort. But um, I know that really took a left turn from the article. But um, I think uh, what Wayne Brady was is frustrated at is because this is clearly a child and you as a grown man is is coming on to my child. And we got to we have to really police this. We have to really say something when when these things are happening, but um, I think Monty is telling me to wrap because I didn't put the, the thing up. Oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't even open up the chat box. Oh, I didn't put nothing in there anyway. Uh, but this has been another edition of the Artist Exchange Radio Show only on BeExposedRadio.com. I'm your host, Nate. Don't forget every Monday and Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on BeExposedRadio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook. Uh, like, share, subscribe to our uh, YouTube page. You can also like, share, subscribe to the Artist Exchanges uh, YouTube page. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and that's pretty much it because I ain't on all those other sites because they, they kind of creepy. Uh, next up, it is the Cocktail Social with Blue Waters and his socialites. Uh, I'll be on there a little bit tonight. Um, and then uh, look forward to show on this Monday. And then again, we'll be premiering um, Binge Worthy Podcast this um, Tuesday. And a new episode will come out every Tuesday. It's pre-recorded, so you're able to watch it. And we're reviewing shows, um, some pretty interesting video, uh, movies, films, TV, documentaries like that. So again, peace out. I'm out. That's it. That's all. I'm good. Oh, and the hilarious Omar show is premiering on on Big Exposed Radio this Tuesday. At what time? Five o'clock. Five o'clock? Five o'clock p.m. Tune in. Omar, the Bama from D.C. He'll be on Big Exposed Radio. <laughs> Peace out.